It's really good to be here. I'm excited this morning about what God's going to do. How incredible was the service last week, our encounter service? It was so good. Who thinks we should do more of those? I definitely think we should. It was amazing and just led by the Spirit of God so beautifully. And uh, I'm just excited to hear testimony that comes out of that. So make sure you let us know what God's been doing in your life. Because, you know, testimony builds faith, always. Uh, And this has just been such a powerful series. But this morning, we are going to start a brand new series of preachers. And we've called them the Message Generator Series. Because I get to choose whatever I want to preach today. So that's pretty cool, right? And so we believe that God's been talking to us, obviously. And so in consultation with the Holy Spirit... I have been praying to ask him what it is that we need, what the the word is that he wants to bring this morning. And honestly, um, God's been weaving this message together for the last week and a half for me. There was confirmation at the end of the service last week. There was confirmation in our staff devotions this week. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's not the prettiest message. It's not... The prettiest message, and you'll understand why in a minute. But I just want to preface this with something. God loves us. He loves us too much to want us to stay stuck somewhere. He wants us to move forward. And I love you, church. Online, I love you. And so this message this morning comes from my heart. And comes, I believe, from God's heart and from His Word, which is always important, right? And so I just am trusting that He has something that He wants to do this morning or begin something this morning, perhaps. And I'm trusting that you'll listen with open hearts and open ears, ready for what He might want to do in your world or the people around you. So this scripture that we're going to start with is in Ephesians, it's in chapter 4, and it's verses 31 to 32, and I'm reading from the NLT. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Woo! We're going to pray. God, we just thank you that you love us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word and that your word will never come back void, Lord God. We pray that this morning, Lord Jesus, you would just open our hearts. Would you open our hearts to what it is that you need us to hear? Open our eyes to see what it is that you want to say, Lord God. And Lord, that we wouldn't walk away today the same, that we'd be a little bit different that we'd be a little bit more like you and that we'd be a transformed, Lord God, the way that you call us to be transformed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the Amplified Version says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour, and in brackets, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife and fault finding, and slander be put away from you along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, and malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. 
silence. (laughs) It's a big scripture. And it feels pretty big, right? There's some harsh words in there. But if God put it in there for us to read, then there's a reason why we need to read it. And so we can't just read the pretty bits of scripture and and it says, you know, be kind and tender hearted towards another. That's awesome. But first of all, there's some stuff we've got to deal with. And so Ephesians is a letter written by Paul and it's possibly to the church of Ephesus, but it's more likely that it was probably a circular letter that went to a number of different churches in the area. So this is very applicable to lots of different people. It has a really big portion of scripture in the middle of this letter, which talks about what it means to live in the spirit practically. And this is a really great follow-on, I think, from our Fully Alive series because we talked about the power of the Spirit, but we are called to live a life in the Spirit practically and powerfully to glorify God. So we practically need to work out our faith every day with the Spirit of God. And this is some of what that looks like. Just really quickly, verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. There's some stuff we do that grieves the Holy Spirit, obviously, because the Scripture tells us not to do it. And so we don't want to do that, right? We just talked about living a life in the Spirit. And so this morning, like this little bit that I'm going to talk to us, sometimes this, these sorts of actions or these sorts of behaviours grieve the Holy Spirit. And this whole section of Scripture in the Amplified Version is called the the Christian walk. And it tells us to put off our old self and put on the the new self and walk in that new self so that we can do that through Christ because He has gifted us with the newness and we are a new creation in Him. And so sometimes the old stuff can grieve the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pick up today in verse 31, and I'll just read it again. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. There's lots of stuff in there, but I'm just going to pick one this morning. Fun. I'm just going to start with the first one. We're just going to start today by talking about bitterness. Bitterness. You know, I not everybody here is thinking, uh, people are probably sitting here thinking, I'm not bitter, I'm good, that's cool, but we want to learn how not to become bitter, right? There's something for everybody in this today. Now, I know, of course, that we all have moments of anger. They happen. Probably for some of us driving on the way here to, to, to church this morning, we had a moment of anger. Road rage is a real thing, people, and some people have that, don't they, Pastor Nate? Some people... <laughs> He's self-admitted, it's fine. (laughs) We get cranky with our kids in the morning. Some things happen, we get a bit angry. But we all all do that. Am I the only only person or do we all have a moment of anger every now and again? Thank you, there's a few people out there. But bitterness is more than this. It's not just getting angry. Bitterness is is more. Bitterness is more like resentment. And it has like an element of animosity. Uh, It's like hostility, cynicism. Bitterness can actually result in a number of the things that were listed in verse 31. 
And I wonder if that's why it's listed first, because it's hard to be bitter and not resentful. It's hard to be bitter and not angry. So I feel like I should like start with a funny story. And I really wanted to like work in the fact that I saved a dolphin, hey girls, but I didn't and so it would be lying and it doesn't fit with the story anyway. I didn't really save a dolphin, I just like to think that I did. It would have been a good story though, right? I'll tell you that one later, you come and see me. I came home from work one day and I was a little early and I came home before the kids got home, so who knows that that's just a blissful moment. And I was just sitting out on our back deck enjoying the peace and quiet. And I smelled something funny and I was like, oh, what is that? And so I was like, went over to the deck, the side of the deck and I was looking around trying to see if someone's house was on fire or if there was a, a fire in the distance or something and some smoke had kind of drifted my way and so I was listening, like, like watching and listening for fire engines and like all of that sort of stuff as you do. And I'm just enjoying it and I couldn't see it so I went and sat back down on my lounge. Next thing I know, I hear, Geraldine. That's my neighbour, Alan, who's like an amazing neighbour, who happened to be home from work as well. Geraldine, your roof is on fire. I was like, a what? And he's like, yeah, your roof is on fire. So his neighbour had called out to him and said to him, hey, Alan, do you know who lives there? Because their roof's on fire, it's sparking, something's happening. And so Alan's like, giving me the lowdown, and I'm like, I've got to get out of here. My house is on fire, because I don't go roof, I go like to the next level, it's house. My house is on fire, just like when I cut the tiny bit on my finger, I chopped my finger off, that's how it works, right? My house is on fire, so I'm like, what do I do, what do I do? So I went and I grabbed the dogs, because of course you've got to get the animals out of the house, right? And I didn't have leads, so I'm like holding them, and then I realised Kale's downstairs, he lives in our flat, so I'm like, Kale, get out of the house! Quick, it's, it's on fire, we've got to get out. And he's like, what do I save? And I don't know. So we're all running out of the house. Anyway, I quickly get those things and I call emergency services and I'm outside and, you know, it goes on and long and short of it is there was a tiny fire on top of the house with the solar panels, all very undramatic, but we made it dramatic anyway because that's what we do. And that's what we did. SES came, covered over our solar panels and the rest is history. So... What has that got to do with anything? I was at my, our friend's house that night. We're sitting and we're having dinner. And I'm recounting the very dramatic story. And I said, yep. And uh, so I called 911 and then I... Uh, hang on a second. And I pull out my phone and I look at it and I go, yep. Yep, I actually did. I called 911. I absolutely did. Not triple zero, kids, let this be a lesson. Not triple zero, not. I called 911. I was so embarrassed. I laughed and I laughed and I was so embarrassed because I just couldn't believe I'd called this American number because I had watched so many like American emergency service shows, it's kind of a thing that I like to watch, 
like 911, that subconsciously every single time I watched one of those shows, it was reminding me to call 911 whenever I have an emergency. Side point, 911 goes to triple zero, people. It's okay. I didn't call America. <laughs> that would have been funnier. But subconsciously, I'm telling my brain this. And this, how does this relate to bitterness? The thing about bitterness is it's not an immediate response to something. We don't wake up one morning and decide that we're going to be bitter. Just like I didn't decide I was going to call 911. It was just ingrained over time, slowly, 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 911, 911. Our subconscious works over time and our mind is ruminating and we're going over and over something that's happened and then one day bitterness just becomes the reality that we're living. And so we don't wake up thinking, I'm going to be bitter. We just are bitter one day. That's a scary thought. Because it's built up over a time and usually it's caused initially by one of these areas. Offence, anger, hurt, injustice, disappointment. Maybe from unmet expectations. Maybe it is an injustice that has been done to us that's not okay. Bitterness starts in a number of ways and sometimes until it's truly set in, we don't even realise and even then sometimes we don't even realise. But it's a part, what happens is when it does become part of our lives, that it's an area that grieves the Holy Spirit and it's not glorifying God. Hebrews 12, 15 makes it clear when it says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Because bitterness doesn't just stay in its box. Bitterness bleeds. Bitterness bleeds. It's almost like dye in water. It grows, it takes root in our lives, it causes us to become bound up, it impacts our whole being. It might begin as an external event. It might begin as something external, like we are offended at something or something is done that is not okay to us. We might be let down by someone. Perhaps we're just disappointed about how things worked out, but eventually it becomes an internal condition that comes through us. It affects how we speak, how we process, how we think, how we react. Let me say that one more time. It might begin as an external event that happens to us, but eventually it becomes an internal condition that comes through us. It bleeds into every area of our life. Even if we don't mean it to, we might become hostile or critical, untrusting, malicious or cynical. We might be withdrawn and wild, wildly independent. We might just be really sad and judgmental all because we have pain that we haven't dealt with. You know, you can be bitter towards an individual, even a friend or a family member, a workmate, an employer, a neighbour, or even a stranger. You can also be bitter towards an institution or an organisation, including the church, the government, your workplace, because the reality is that we are going to be disappointed by people and by organisations run by people because people are involved. 
We're going to be let down. We're going to be hurt by others and sometimes by those closest to us. We can actually also become bitter towards God. And usually because he hasn't answered a prayer that maybe we thought he should answer the way we wanted him to answer, maybe he hasn't met an expectation that we had of God, a preconceived idea, maybe we've lost someone in our life that we believe he could have saved. And it might be even more personal, like we haven't been healed of something that we have been trusting God for for so long. But in that moment, we have a choice. I want you to imagine just for a second that you've been to the beach and found this beautiful spot to swim. Everybody got a place in their mind. And the water is crisp and clear and refreshing. But in the middle of your swim, you put your hand down on a rock and there is an oyster shell and it slices open your hand. Ouch, who's had an oyster shell cut? Yep, we know they hurt. So we've done that and, you know, it's not pleasant, but it doesn't look too bad. So you wash it in the water and continue swimming and forget about it until you go home and you put a little Band-Aid on it and it's okay, it's only small. So then the next day you notice it hurts a little and you check it under the Band-Aid and it's a little bit redder, but it's okay, it's still small. How bad can it be? It was just something really small, a tiny cut. It's okay, no big deal. And then the next day you look at it again and it's getting redder, it's looking a little bit infector, it's starting to ooze, yep, delicious, and it really hurts. But you know what, I'm still going to tell myself I don't need to do anything because it will get better eventually if I just leave it alone. It's fine. But we keep going and it goes on for days and days and days until eventually it's so bad and hurting so much we have to like go to the doctors and get antibiotics to try and treat this thing or even worse we end up in hospital having a stint on IV antibiotics because we just let it go. We're thinking that it would get better because it all started out as a tiny cut. The thing is that when we allow a small hurt or disappointment to fester, It doesn't take long for it to grow into something more. And when a big hurt or injustice that causes significant pain or disappointment happens to us, then it can take even less time. Or perhaps there's lots of little offences that happen that start to take up place in our hearts and we allow it space. And when we allow it to fester, it no longer impacts the area of our life, just that area of our life, but every area of our life. And it begins to bleed through into other areas. And we almost get used to it thinking that this is our normal. This is it. This is how we need to live. This is just the way it is. And it happens probably more than we like to admit. Bitterness hurts you more than it hurts any other. Nelson Mandela said, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Wow. But, but, there's always a but, right, with God? We have a choice not to become bound by this thing that may be all-consuming. We have the ability to not let our hurt or anger or offence fester into bitterness and become a root in our lives that is so deep that we need to dig it out to try and find it. We have a choice and a way to not do that. We have a choice to deal with the early warning signs and not allow it to grow. Deal immediately with the hurt, the frustration, whatever we know when we're offended, we know when we're hurt. Take a moment in that space to give it back to God so that bitterness does not grow. 
so that we don't allow that root to get down deep inside. But the reality is that there, is, there might be people here today who are thinking it's too late. I already let it take hold. I've already let this thing of bitterness, something might be popping up into your mind that you are holding onto and become bitter about. And if that's the case, I want to reassure you, all is not lost. There's incredible hope because we have been given a solution and it comes from verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We're going to hone in on one part of that, and that's forgiveness. We always need to take a stance of forgiveness. Always need to take a stance of forgiveness. As soon as we know, as soon as we, we find out because somebody we trust has noticed, as soon as we realise that we need, that we have bitterness, that we need to forgive, then we need to take that stance because... Forgiveness frees. Bitterness bleeds, but forgiveness frees. Psychologists around the world, both Christian and secular alike, have said that the greatest antidote to bitterness is forgiveness. Some people describe it as a corrosive ulcer that continues to fester until forgiveness is applied. But now we know why, because God gave us that solution. We take off bitterness and we put on forgiveness. I love that the Amplified Version expounds this to include, forgive one another readily and freely. When we choose to walk in a way that is tender-hearted and kind towards other people, forgiveness does come freely and readily because our hearts are soft and gracious. Bitterness can't live in a place that is consumed by love and tender-heartedness towards other people, no matter what. It cannot take up space there. I have had moments in my life where I have allowed my own disappointments and sometimes the disappointments of others, yes, it's true, you can take on the disappointments and hurts of others. We need to be careful that have caused me to walk into a space of bitterness and resentment. Where thinking about someone or going somewhere in particular would cause me to be confronted with feelings that I didn't want to confront and I would feel resentment, I would feel deep hurt, sometimes hostility, I would become cynical, critical, and I would feel it and know that it was eating me from the inside out and I knew it wasn't where I wanted to stay. But it took me to a long time to realise that even though what had happened to me in this particular situation was not okay, and even though it was not even my fault, the injustice that had happened to me and the pain that I felt were real, my continued inability to not let it go was hurting me more than anything else. It was doing me way more harm than good and it was causing me to live in a way that was not God's way. And the only way that I could move forward was to forgive. And I really wanna tell you that the result was instantaneous. I really wanna tell you that I took a stance of forgiveness and it changed everything immediately, but can I tell you that is not what happened. But it did take me on the beginning of a journey towards forgiveness. 
It took me on the beginning of a journey and sometimes it's a long road and you take two steps forward and you feel like you take one step back, but you're still further along than you were before. And it continues on until one day you turn around and you see how far you have come and you see where you came from and you realise that the bitterness and the resentment that you felt towards that particular person or situation or organisation is not there anymore because you've chosen to walk a path of forgiveness and giving it back to God. In fact, you've moved into a space of transformation just like Romans 12:1 says, we're renewing our minds daily and this is a daily reminder. We, have, we are able to have freedom to actually want to see that person thrive and flourish and do well and no longer hurt every time we see them or think about them. Corrie ten try that one more time. Corrie ten Boom has a quote, forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. We may not feel like forgiving, but we can still choose to. And forgiving ourselves is part of that process. Taking on the new nature of Christ, an invitation for us to say to God, I am choosing to walk with you in forgiveness today. I'm choosing that, God. I really need to... Say something right now, and I. This is um, the, the Holy Spirit really highlighted this, and this is not easy for some of you. The disappointment that you've experienced has come from the church, and it's come perhaps from a leader in church. Yep, could even be this church. Might be another church, and it's caused you to walk away from service or leadership. Maybe it's caused you to walk away from tithing. Maybe it's caused you to walk away from your calling. Or maybe it's caused you to become cynical and resentful of God and His church. And the church is not perfect. No way. It's run by people just like me. But it's also the bride of Christ and has the potential to change the world for the better because it is run by people like you and me. Who God has called and created and trusted with His mission. So if that's you today, then I believe that God wants to do a healing in your heart so that you would remember how to love the church again, how to love His bride Okay, I've got that bit out. I really felt the Holy Spirit needed me to say that today. We may not feel like forgiving, but we can still choose to forgive. And you know the result of that transformation? It is from bitterness to a sweet spirit of forgiveness, from bitter to sweet. We actually start to love the way that God tells us to love. And if we continue to read on in Ephesians 5, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant or sweet offering and sacrifice to God. As we walk in the way of Christ and choose to forgive and put off bitterness, what happens to that bitterness is that our hearts change to be a sweet offering to God. God forgave us, 
we can forgive others. God loves us and He calls us to love others, both our neighbour and our enemy, if we read in Matthew chapter 5. And we walk as a new creation. This is good news, people. This is good news. There is an incredible hope when we realise we don't need to stay in that place of bitterness. And in fact, any of those things listed in verse 31, we leave it at the foot of the cross and accept redemption, the invitation that Jesus offers us every single day. It's our responsibility to walk away from bitterness, even when the bitterness we know began and began as a result of somebody else's result, uh, somebody else's actions towards us. We are still free to walk away. I know that feels heavy, right? But there is an incredible lightness that comes in the glory of God. There is an incredible freedom that comes when we choose to walk His way instead of ours. And if you find yourself thinking, oh gosh, what was that? That's okay. Ask the Holy Spirit, what was that? What do I need to take from that? For all of us, I would love, whether you are online or in this room, I would love you just to take a second to close your eyes and examine your heart. Is there anything that the Holy Spirit is asking you to give back to Him today? Because I know that this is not an easy subject and this is not a place of condemnation, not not at all. You need to be vulnerable. And here in this place, I pray that you would know that there is only understanding and love waiting for you at this altar. You know, maybe today, you know you are walking in bitterness. There are three things I wanna talk to you about today. Maybe first one, you know you're walking in bitterness. Perhaps you've experienced injustice or abuse and as a result, you are hurting and you want to move forward, but you really don't know if you can. Today is a day to make that first step. Secondly, maybe you are not in a place of bitterness, but you have been hurt or disappointed by an individual or an organisation and you want to let that go back to God to ensure that it doesn't get any further and you don't walk in bitterness eventually. And the third thing is perhaps there's a situation in your life that you have begun to resent God for because your prayer is not being answered and you've pushed God further and further away. And today you need to surrender that back to God and ask Him to forgive you for turning away from Him. I really believe that as we respond this morning, as we leave this altar open for response, that we are gonna fill this place with a sweet, sweet, fragrant offering to God, surrendered hearts,